Part one, chapter nine of En Route by Jorical Heismans, translated by Charles Keegan Paul. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. He experienced that painful awakening of a sick man whom a doctor deceives for months, who learns some fine morning that he is to be taken at once to an hospital to undergo an urgent surgical operation. But that is not the way things should be done, cried Durtal. People should be prepared, little by little accustomed by words of warning to the idea that they are to be cut up on a table they are not struck down thus unexpectedly yes but what does that matter since i know very well in the depths of my soul that this priest is right i must leave paris if i wish to amend but all the same the treatment he inflicts is hard indeed to follow i know not what to do and from this moment his days were haunted by trappists he turned over the thought of his departure and examined it on all sides chewed the cud of for and against and ended by saying to himself that he would take stock of his reflections and open an account and this with the debit and credit side that he might know himself the better the debit is terrible to gather up his life and cast it into the stove of a cloister and again he ought to know if his body were in a state to bear such a remedy mine is frail and soft accustomed to rise late it becomes weak if not nourished by flesh meat and is subject to neuralgia at any change of the hour of meals i should never be able to hold out down there with vegetables cooked in warm oil or in milk first i detest oily cookery and i hate milk still more which i cannot digest then i think i see myself on my knees on the floor for hours i who suffered so much at la glaciere in remaining in that posture on a step for scarce a quarter of an hour again i am so accustomed to cigarettes that it is absolutely impossible to give them up and it is pretty certain they will not let me smoke in a monastery no indeed from the bodily point of view this plan is madness in my state of health there is no doctor who would not dissuade me from undertaking such a risk if i place myself in a spiritual point of view i must then again recognize that it is terrible to enter la trappe i am afraid indeed that my dryness of soul my want of love will remain and then what would become of me in such surroundings then it is equally probable that in that solitude and absolute silence i should be wearied to death and if it be so what a miserable existence is it to stalk about a cell and count the hours no for that one needs to be firmly fixed on god to be dwelt in wholly by him moreover there are two formidable questions which i have never properly weighed because it has been painful to think of them but now that they come before me and stop the road i must face them the questions of confession and holy communion confession yes i will consent to it i am so tired of myself so disgusted with my wretched existence that this expiation appears to me as deserved even necessary i desire to humble myself i would ask pardon with all my heart but again this penance must be assigned me under possible conditions at la trappe if i believe the abbe no one will trouble himself about me in other words no one will encourage me and aid me to submit to this sorrowful extraction of my shames i shall be somewhat like a sick man operated on in hospital far from his friends and relatives confession he went on is an admirable discovery for it is the most sensitive touchstone of souls the most intolerable act which the church has ever imposed on the vanity of men is this strange we speak easily of our lapses of our grosser actions even indeed to a priest in conversation that does not seem to lead to any consequences and perhaps a little bragging enters into our admission of easy sins 
but to tell the same thing on one's knees accusing oneself after prayer is different that which was only rather amusing becomes a very painful humiliation for the soul is not the dupe of this false seeming it knows so well in its inner tribunal that all is changed it feels so well the terrible power of the sacrament that he who but now smiled now trembles at the very thought now were i to find myself face to face with an old monk who emerges from an eternity of silence to listen to me a monk who will not aid me perhaps cannot even understand me this will be terrible i shall never get to the end of my troubles if he does not hold out a staff to me if he lets me stifle and gives no air to my soul nor brings me help the eucharist also seems terrible to dare to come forward to offer him as a tabernacle the sewer of self scarce purified by repentance a sewer drained by absolution but still hardly dry is monstrous i am quite without such courage as to offer christ this last insult and so there is no good in fleeing to a monastery no the more i think of it the more i am obliged to conclude that i should be mad if i ventured into a trappist house now for the credit side the only proper work of my life would be to make a parcel of my life and take it to a cloister to disinfect it and if that cost me nothing where is the merit nothing shows me on the other hand that my body however weakened cannot support the regimen of la trappe without believing or pretending to believe with the abbe gevresin that that kind of food will be even helpful to me i ought to count on divine consolations to admit the principle that if i am sent there it is not that i may take at once to my bed or be obliged to leave again as soon as i arrive at least unless that is the chastisement prepared me the expiation demanded and again no for that would be to ascribe to god pitiless tricks and would be absurd as to the cookery it matters little that it is uncivilized if my stomach can digest it to have bad food and get up in the middle of the night is nothing provided the body can stand it and no doubt i shall find some means of smoking cigarettes by stealth in the woods after all a week is soon over and i am not even obliged if i feel poorly to remain a week from the spiritual point of view i must again count on the mercy of god believe that it will not abandon me will dress my wounds and change the very foundation of my soul i know well that these arguments do not rest on any earthly certainty but yet if i have proofs that providence has already taken part in my affairs i have no reason to suppose that these arguments are weaker than the purely physical motives which served to support my other thesis now i must recall that conversion so outside my will i must take account of a fact which should encourage me the weakness of the temptations which i now experience it is difficult to have been more rapidly and more completely heard whether i owe this grace to my own prayers or to those of the convents which have shielded me without knowing me it is the case that for some time past my brain has been silent and my flesh calm that monster florence appears to me still at certain times but she does not approach me she remains in the shade and at the end of the lord's prayer the ne nos inducas in tentationem puts her to flight that is an unaccustomed fact and yet a precise one why should i doubt then that i shall be better upheld at la trappe than i am in paris itself there remain confession and communion confession it will be what the lord chooses it should be he will choose the monk for me i shall only be able to make use of him and then the more disagreeable it is the better worth it will be and if i suffer much i shall think myself less unworthy to communicate 
that is he went on the most painful point communicate but let us consider it is certain that i shall be base in proposing to christ that he should descend like a scavenger into my ditch but if i wait till it is empty i shall never be in a state to receive him for my bulkheads are not closed and sins would filter through the fissures all this well considered the abbe spoke truth when he answered me one day but i too am not worthy to approach him thank god i have not those sewers of which you speak but in the morning when i go to say my mass and think of all the dust of the evening do you not think that i am ashamed it is always necessary you see to go back to the gospels and say to yourself that he came for the weak and the sick the publicans and lepers and in fact you must convince yourself that the eucharist is a lookout post a help that it is given as it is written in the ordinary of the mass ad tutamentum mentis et corporis et ad medelam percipiendam it is if i may say so a spiritual medicine you go to the saviour just as you go to a doctor you take your soul to him to care for it and he does so i stand before the unknown pursued durtal i complain that i am arid and have wandered from the right way but who will declare to me that if i determine to communicate i shall remain in the same mind for indeed if i have faith i ought to believe in the occult work of christ in the sacrament lastly i am afraid of being wearied by solitude i am not much amused here as it is but at la trappe i shall no longer have those vacillations at every minute those constant fears i shall at least have the advantage of having my time to myself and then and then how well i know solitude have i not lived apart since the deaths of des hermies and carré indeed whom do i see a few publishers a few literary men and my relations with these people are not interesting as to silence it is a blessing i shall not hear any foolish sayings at la trappe i shall not listen to pitiable homilies and poor sermons but i ought to rejoice on being at last isolated far from paris far from men he was silent and made as it were a return in upon himself and said to himself in a melancholy manner these strifes are useless these reflections vain i need not try to take account of my soul to make out the debit and credit i know without knowing how that i must go i am thrust out of myself by an impulse which rises from the very depths of my being to which i am quite certain i have to yield at that moment durtal had decided but ten minutes afterwards the attempt at resolution vanished he felt his cowardice gain on him once more he chewed once more the cud of arguments against his moving came to the conclusion that his reasons for remaining in paris were palpable human certain while the others were intangible extra-natural and consequently subject to illusions perhaps false and he invented for himself the fear of not obtaining the thing he feared said to himself that la trappe would not receive him or certainly that it would refuse him communion and then he suggested to himself a middle term to confess at paris and communicate at la trappe but then there passed in him an incomprehensible fact his whole soul revolted at this idea and the formal order not to deceive himself was truly breathed into him and he said to himself no the bitter draught must be drained to the last drop it is all or nothing if i confess to the abbe it will be in disobedience to absolute and secret directions i should be capable of not going afterwards to notre dame de l'atre what shall i do and he accused himself of distrust 
called to his aid once more the memory of benefits received how scales had fallen from his eyes his insensible progress towards faith his encounter with that singular priest perhaps the only one who could understand him and treat him in a way so benign and so elastic but he tried in vain to reassure himself then he called up the dream of the monastic life the sovereign beauty of the cloister he imagined the joy of renunciation the peace of exalted prayers the interior intoxication of the spirit the delight of not being at home any longer in his own body some words of the abbe about la trappe served as a springboard for his dreams and he perceived an old abbey grey and warm immense avenues of trees clouds flying confusedly amid the song of waters silent strolls in the woods at nightfall he called up the solemn liturgies of saint benedict's time he saw the white pith of monastic chants rise under the scarcely pruned bark of sound he succeeded in his decision and cried you have dreamed for years of the cloisters now rejoice that you will know them at last and he wished to go at once and live there then suddenly he fell down into reality and said to himself it is easy to wish to live in a monastery to tell god that you would desire to take shelter therein when life in paris weighs you down but when it comes to the real point of emigration it is quite another matter he turned over these thoughts everywhere in the street at home in the chapels he hurried like a shuttle from one church to another hoping to solace his fears by changing his place but they persisted and rendered every place intolerable then in the sacred places came always that dryness of soul the broken spring of impulse a sudden silence within when he desired consolation in speaking to him his best moments his pauses in the hurly-burly were a few minutes of absolute torpor which rested like snow on the soul and he heard nothing but this drowsiness of thought lasted but a while the whirlwind blew once more and the prayers which were wont to appease it refused to leave his lips he tried religious music the despairing sequences of the psalms pictures of the crucifixion by the early masters to excite him but his prayers ran on and became confused on his lips were divested of all sense mere words empty shells at notre dame des victoires where he dragged himself that he might thaw a little under the warmth of his neighbour's prayers he did in fact feel less chilly and seemed to break up a little fell drop by drop into sorrows which he could not formulate and were all summed up in the cry of a sick child in which he said to our lady in low tones my soul is sorrowful thence he returned to st severin sat down under those arches browned by the rust of prayers and haunted by his fixed idea he pleaded for himself extenuating circumstances exaggerated the austerities of la trappe tried almost to exasperate his fear to excuse his weakness in a vague appeal to our lady but i must go and see the abbe gévrosin he murmured but his courage still failed him to pronounce the yes which the priest would surely require from him he ended by discovering a reason for his visit without thinking himself obliged to promise just yet after all he thought i have no precise information about this monastery i do not even know whether it may not be necessary to take a long and expensive journey to get there the abbe indeed declares that it is not far from paris but it is impossible to decide on this simple declaration it will be useful also to know the habits of these cenobites before going to stay with them the abbe smiled when durtal mentioned these objections the journey is short he said you start from the gare du nord at eight o'clock in the morning for saint landry where you arrive at a quarter to twelve you lunch at an inn close to the station and while you are drinking your coffee they get you a carriage 
and after a drive of four hours you arrive at notre dame de l'atre for dinner there is no difficulty there then the cost is moderate as far as i remember the railway fare is about fifteen francs add two or three francs for lunch and six or seven for the carriage and as durtal was silent the abbe went on well ah oh, yes yes if you knew i am in a pitiable state i will and will not i know well that i ought to take refuge there but in spite of myself i wish to gain time and put off the hour of departure and he continued my soul is out of gear when i would pray my senses go all astray i cannot recollect myself and if i succeed in pulling myself together five minutes do not pass but i am all astray again no i have neither fervour nor true contrition i do not love god enough if it must be said and indeed during the last two days a frightful certainty has grown up in me i am sure that in spite of my good intentions if i found myself in the presence of a certain person whose sight troubles me i should send religion to the devil i should return eagerly to my vomit i only hold on because i am not tempted i am no better than when i was sinning you will admit that i am in a wretched state to enter a trappist monastery your reasons are at least weak answered the abbe you say first that your prayers are distracted that you are unable to concentrate your attention but in fact you are just like everybody else even saint teresa declares that often she was unable to recite the credo without distraction it is a weakness in which we must just take our portion humbly above all things it is necessary not to lay too much stress on these evils for the fear of seeing them return ensures their assiduity you are distracted in prayer by the very fear of distraction and by regret for it go forth more boldly look at things more widely pray as best you can and do not trouble yourself again you declare that if you meet a certain person whose attraction is a trouble to you you will succumb how do you know that why should you take care about seductions which god does not yet inflict upon you and which he will perhaps spare you why doubt his mercy why not believe on the contrary that if he judge the temptation useful he will aid you enough to prevent your sinking under it in any case you ought not by anticipation to fear disgust at your weakness the imitation declares there is nothing more foolish and vain than to afflict ourselves about future things which may perhaps never happen no it is sufficient to occupy ourselves with the present for sufficient for the day is the evil thereof sufficit diei malitia sua finally you say you do not love god again i answer what do you know about it you have this love by the very token that you desire to have it and that you regret you have it not you love our lord by the very fact that you desire to love him that is special pleading murmured durtal but indeed he went on suppose at la trappe the monk revolted at the long outrage of my sins refused me absolution and forbade me to communicate the abbe burst out laughing you are mad what is your notion of christ not of christ but of his intermediary the human being who replaces him you can only chance upon a man pointed out beforehand from above to judge you moreover at notre dame de l'atre you have every chance of kneeling at the feet of a saint therefore god will inspire him will be present you have nothing to fear as to the communion the prospect of being rejected terrifies you but is not that one proof the more that contrary to your opinion god does not leave you insensible yes but the idea of communicating alarms me none the less i say to you again if jesus were indifferent to you 
it would be just the same to you to consume or not to consume the sacred species all that does not convince me sighed durtal i do not know where i am i am afraid of a confessor of others of myself it is foolish but it is stronger than i i cannot gain the upper hand you are afraid of the water imitate gribouille throw yourself in boldly look suppose i write to la trappe this very day to say you are coming when oh cried durtal wait a while to get an answer we need two days each way will you go there five days hence and as durtal was astounded and silent is that settled then at that moment durtal had a strange experience as often at saint severin a sort of caressing touch and gentle push he felt a will insinuate itself into his own and he drew back disquieted at seeing he had a double self to find he was no longer alone in the depth of his being then he was inexplicably reassured and gave himself up and as soon as he had said yes he felt immediately relieved then passing from one extreme to the other he was troubled at the idea that his departure could not take place at once and was sorry that he had still to pass five days in paris the abbe laughed but the trappists must have notice it is a simple formality for with a word from me you will be received at once but wait at least until i have sent this word i will post it this evening so have no anxiety and sleep in peace durtal in his turn laughed at his own impatience you must think me very ridiculous he said the priest shrugged his shoulders come you asked me about my little monastery i must try to satisfy you it is very small if compared with the grande trappe at soligny or the establishments at setfonds melleray or aiguebelle for there are only about ten choir fathers and about thirty lay brothers or conversi there are also a certain number of peasants who work with them and help them to till their land and make their chocolate make chocolate that surprises you how do you think they live ah i warn you you are not going into a sumptuous monastery i like it so but in regard to the stories of la trappe i suppose the monks do not greet each other with brother we must die and that they do not dig their graves every morning all that is false they take no trouble about their graves and they salute each other silently since they are forbidden to speak then what am i to do if i need anything the abbot the confessor and the guest-master have the right of conversing with the guests you will have to do with them alone the others will bow when you meet them but if you speak to them they will not answer it is well to know that what is their dress before the foundation of citeaux the benedictines wore or so it is supposed the black habit of saint benedict the benedictines properly so called wear it still but at citeaux the colour was changed and the trappists who are a twig of this branch have adopted the white robe of saint bernard pray pardon all these questions which must seem childish but since i am about to visit these monks i ought to be in some measure acquainted with the customs of their order i am wholly at your disposition replied the abbe durtal asked him about the situation of the abbey itself and he replied the present monastery dates from the eighteenth century but you will see in the gardens the ruins of the old cloister which was built in the time of saint bernard in the middle ages there was a succession of blessed in this convent it is a truly sanctified land fit for meditation and regret the abbey is situated at the bottom of a valley according to the orders of saint bernard for you know that if saint benedict loved the hills saint bernard sought the low and moist plains wherein to found his convents 
an old latin line has preserved the different tastes of these two saints bernardus vales coles benedictus amabat was it on account of his own personal liking or for a pious end that saint bernard built his hermitages in unwholesome and flat places in order that his monks whose health was enfeebled by the fogs might have constantly before their eyes the salutary image of death the deuce he did i may add at once that the valley in which notre dame de latre rises is now drained and the air is very pure you will stroll by delightful ponds and i may recommend you on the borders of the enclosure an avenue of secular chestnuts where you may take some refreshing walks at daybreak and after a silence the abbe gevresin continued walk there a good deal traverse the woods in all directions the forests will tell you more about your soul than books aliquid amplius invenies in silvius quam in libris wrote saint bernard pray and your days will seem short durtal went away from the priest's house comforted almost joyful he felt at least the solace of a fixed decision a resolution taken at last he said to himself that the only thing now to be done was to prepare himself as best he could for the retreat and he prayed and went to bed for the first time for months with his mind at rest but next day when he woke his mood changed all his preconceived ideas all his fears returned he asked himself if his conversion were ripe enough to allow him to cut it separate and carry it to la trappe the fear of a confessor the dread of the unknown assailed him afresh i was wrong to have answered so soon and he asked himself why did i say yes the recollection of this word pronounced by his lips conceived by a will which was still his own and yet other than his came back to his mind it is not the first time that such a thing happened to me he thought i have already experienced when alone in the churches unexpected counsels silent orders and it must be admitted that it is terrifying to feel this infusion into self of an invisible being and to know that he can if he choose almost turn you out of the domain of your personality but no it is not that there is no substitution of an exterior will to one's own for one's free will is absolutely intact neither is it one of those irresistible impulses endured by certain sick persons for nothing is more easy than to resist it it is still less a suggestion since in this case there are no magnetic passes no somnambulism induced no hypnotism nor is it the irresistible entrance into oneself of a strange will the sudden intrusion of a precise and discreet desire a pressure on the soul at once firm and gentle ah again i am incorrect and play the fool but nothing can describe that close pressure which vanishes at the least movement of impatience it is felt but cannot be expressed its introduction is always attended by surprise almost with anguish since it does not make use of even an interior voice to make itself heard and is formulated without the aid of words all is blotted out the breath which has thrilled you disappears you would wish that this incitement should be confirmed that the phenomenon should be repeated in order to be more closely observed to try to analyze it and understand it when lo it is gone you remain alone with yourself are free not to obey your will is unfettered and you know it but you know also that if you reject these invitations you take on yourself unspeakable risks for the future in fact pursued durtal it is an angelic influx a divine touch something analogous to the interior voice so well known by the mystics but it is less complete less precise and yet it is quite as certain he ended his dreams concluding i am consumed and collared by myself before being able to answer this priest 
whose arguments would scarce persuade me unless i had had this help this unexpected succour but then since i am thus led by the hand what have i to fear he feared all the same and could not be at peace with himself then if he profited by the comfort of a decision he was consumed for the moment by the expectation of his departure he tried to kill time in reading but he had to admit once more that he could not expect consolation from any book none came even distantly into relation with his state of mind high mysticism was so little human soared at such heights far from our mire that no sovereign aid could be expected from it he ended by falling back on the imitation in which mysticism placed within the reach of the crowd was like a trembling and plaintive friend who stanched your wounds within the cells of its chapters prayed and wept with you and in any case compassionated the desolate widowhood of souls unfortunately durtal had read so much and was so saturated with the gospels that he had temporarily exhausted their sedative and soothing virtues tired of reading he again began his courses in the churches and suppose the trappists will not have me he thought what will become of me but i tell you that they will receive you said the abbe whom he went to see he was not easy till the day the priest handed him the answer from la trappe he read we will receive with pleasure for a week in our guest-house the retreatant whom you wish to commend to us and i do not see at the moment any reason why the retreat should not begin next tuesday in the hope monsieur l'abbé that we shall also have the pleasure of seeing you again in our solitude i beg to assure you that i am yours most respectfully f m Etienne, guest master he read and re-read it at once delighted and terrified there is no further doubt it is irrevocable he said and he went at once in haste to saint severin having less need of prayer than of going near to our lady of showing himself to her paying her as it were a visit of thankfulness and expressing his gratitude by his very presence he was taken by the charms of that church its silence the shadow which fell on the apse from the height of its palm trees of stone and he ended by caring for nothing and sinking on a chair filled with one sole desire not to enter again on the life of the streets never to leave his refuge never to move the next day which was a sunday he went to the benedictine nuns to hear high mass a black monk celebrated he recognized a benedictine when the priest chanted dominus vobiscum for the abbe gevresin had told him that the benedictines pronounced latin like italian though he was not inclined to like that pronunciation which took away from latin the sonorous tones of its words and turned after a fashion the phrases of that tongue into a ring of bells with their clappers muffled or their vases stuffed with tow he let himself go taken hold of by the unction by the humble piety of the monk who almost trembled with reverence and joy when he kissed the altar and he had a deep voice to which behind the grating answered the clear high voices of the nuns durtal panted listening to the fluid pictures of the early masters sketch and form and paint themselves on the air he was affected to his very marrow as he had formerly been during high mass at saint severin he had lost that emotion now in that church where the flower of melody had faded for him since he knew the benedictine plain song and he now found it again or rather he took it with him from saint severin to this chapel and for the first time he had a wild desire a desire so violent that it seemed to melt his heart it was at the moment of the communion the monk elevating the host uttered the domine non sum dignus pale withdrawn features sorrowful eyes and serious mouth 
he seemed to have escaped from a monastery of the middle ages cut out of one of those flemish pictures where the monks are standing in the background while before them nuns are praying on their knees with joined hands near the donors to the child jesus on whom the virgin smiles while lowering her long lashes under her arching brow and while he descended the steps and communicated to two women durtal trembled and his desires went forth towards the ciborium it seemed to him that if he were nourished on that bread there would be an end of all his dryness and all his fears it would seem to him that the wall of his sins higher and higher from year to year and now barring his view would roll away and at last he would see and he was in haste to set off for la trappe that he too might receive the sacred body from the hands of a monk that mass gave him new strength like a tonic he came out of the chapel joyful and firmer and when the impression grew somewhat feebler in the course of hours he remained perhaps less affected but still resolute joking in the evening with a gentle melancholy about his condition there are many people who go to barege or vichy to cure their bodies and why should i not go and cure my soul in a trappist monastery end of part one chapter nine